Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes. Welcome to the weekly We Are LA Tech Remix episode. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. This is Dave Whalen, co-founder and chief operating officer of Rebel Labs at rebel360.com. We are enabling everyone to live long and look good naked. You know, a lot of what I've been doing the past many years is trying to help build those connections, especially with health tech, because LA tech scene of 2009 that you were talking about, I would say that's the LA health tech scene of 2019. Right. We're kind of on the you know, the starting point of that. And so I've been trying to build bridges. There's a group called Health 2.0 that uh, uh, is a global organization uh, based in the Bay Area, but they have chapters everywhere. They have an awesome chapter here in, uh, in LA. Um, they do you know, six or seven events a year, great networking, great access to, uh, access to resources. They kind of, you know, organize via, via meetup. I use alumni groups. So, uh, I mean, I went to UCLA for business school. And so I tap into that and that kind of connects to a lot of other things. I'm actually a mentor for a thing called LARDA, which, uh, mm. which kind of helps businesses with, uh, with government grants commercialize. So basically they work with companies that have NSF grants, NIH grants, Department of Energy, uh, Agriculture. How do you spell that? Uh, L-A-R-T-A. So it's LARDA.org. And if... If and everybody will include all of this in the show notes, so you could easily click the links. If um, somebody wants to access a mentorship opportunity with you, where should they go to explore that? So for that, I would say uh, then you can go to bespokestrategy.com, okay. um, which is which is my you know can you spell my, that out for yeah everybody? so b e s p o k e in honor of your recent time in uh, <laughs> in the UK uh, so bespokestrategy.com that's my kind of consulting firm my practice which led me to Rebel Labs and connects a lot of things. You know, LA is actually doing a lot, a lot better job. You know, City of LA for sure has kind of a life sciences, health tech thing. And then Santa Monica, Silicon Beach, kind of this side of LA is starting to do a little bit more. Um, There's a group called LA Biomed that has an awesome facility down by uh, LAX-ish that's amazing. There's uh, resources. Yeah. Um, And there's resources for, uh, I'm drawing a blank on... uh, this is now, now, now we're, now we're going down to my, I'm too old, forgot. <laughs> stop, stop. So, so, so you have to have a course on memory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah memory is important. Uh, um, lab launch. That's why I wanted to talk about lab launch. <laughs> lab launch. <laughs> um, and has there been a particular LA tech company or person that you've come across that really has stuck out to you? Somebody that you're like, oh, wow, they really impressed me. 
Mm, in- interesting question. In in health tech, uh, even one of your employees, anybody. Yeah. So honestly, one of the resources which I go to, we didn't talk about, is kind of the the, the VC community and sort of the advisors that come around that. Um, and there's a a firm that uh, is not in LA um, called Lux Capital, but no. uh, one of their partners, Shaheen Farshi, lives in LA. So he sort of spends four days a week in Palo Alto, and yeah. then uh, you know the week, you know Friday and the weekends here in LA. Um, he's a UCLA guy uh, connected to the engineering school. He does health tech. He does uh, kind of deep tech. And this guy literally knows everyone, connects to everyone, and is an amazing advisor. He's, you know, he's always speaking. He's always connecting folks. That's one. And I'm going to put in one more plug because I just we should have, I have Shaheen to. on the podcast. Shaheen is awesome. Yeah. Um, he is like, he's super awesome. Uh and then there's another guy who's transitioned recently. Yeah. So uh, Amkar Kulkarni, uh, I will uh, give you a spelling later, but uh, Amkar um, used to work at Cedar sinai actually was the first director of the Techstar Cedar sinai yeah. Healthcare Accelerator, which yeah. is now just the Cedar sinai Healthcare Accelerator. Amkar got that off the ground for the first, I think, three cohorts. Yeah. And then a year or so ago, he transitioned over to Children's Hospital L.A., where he's basically working on tech innovation for pediatric uh, technologies. And the guy is awesome. We should have him on the show too. That sounds perfect. I'm Jed Gold, CEO and co-founder of Archive, the service that solves the problem for parents everywhere of what to do with all the artwork their kids create. We are based in Van Nuys. I emailed my friends, I emailed some, you know, other folks about raising a little bit of capital to to actually pull this thing off. What's that message look like? Uh, hey, I have an idea. This is what I. This is a problem. I think everyone, every parent faces. Here's how I can solve it. I can build an app and get it into the app store for, you know, I think about this much money. Yeah. Are you interested in throwing in five or ten grand? And I got, you know, five to seven people together. And what and what do you give them in return at that stage? At that point, we just did a convertible note. And how do you even know how to do the convertible note? Because of your past company, you had experience? Uh, asking around, right? literally. I mean, yes. So I didn't raise money for my last company, but sort of knew enough and, and spoke to a lawyer and said, they said, if you're raising 50 grand, just do it this way. It'll be super fast. Legal fees are fairly low. Let's just get this thing up and running and see if you have something. And so I took my wireframes and I hired a designer. We started bouncing ideas back and forth. Where'd you find the designer? Refer a referral from a friend. I love it. I mean, essentially, you're saying something so applicable. Everybody listening right now, no matter what they're doing, all they have to do is ask. It's like, it's like, okay, I know I want to raise money from my network. Uh, I don't know how to message them and I don't know how to do that legally. Let me like find an attorney. Let me, you know, it's just like, who do I know? Like, it's just, it's like a treasure hunt. Looking back, it actually, it really wasn't that hard. Right. right? So if you think about it, it does seem daunting in the moment. Right. But now looking back, yeah, it was, it was an hour conversation with a lawyer and it was an email and some phone calls to friends and it was sitting at my computer doing some wireframes and interviewing two or three designers and picking one that I sort of clicked with because I had no idea, right? Like show me your portfolio, but basically like, are you capable of doing what I'm talking about? If if so, great, go ahead, start working. And so all the pieces came together 
fairly easily. What I didn't realize at the time was getting the app designed and built and into the app store actually wasn't an accomplishment. It was just like getting me to the starting line. Mm -hmm. Like I thought that that was like, oh, I'll get into the app store and then I'm done. Mm -hmm. And at the time that proved to be like unbelievably wrong, right? So this app that I created for, you know, under 30 grand to get into the app store ended up costing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in the ensuing you know, a couple because of years. you had to tweak the features uh, to match the market. Like, what ended up costing more? Yeah, ex- that's exactly right. So, as soon as you have, so we launched, uh, and literally five days later, we're on the Today Show. And 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 how did you get that opportunity? They just saw you on the App Store. We so the day we launched, we got featured by Daily Candy. If you remember Daily Candy, I which do. And how did they find you? I had reached out through again, sort of had talked to some folks in my network and said, does anybody know anybody over at Daily Candy? Found somebody. Being proactive. And yes. uh, had a conversation, said, this is what I'm doing. And they asked if they could have the the exclusive story on the launch. I, of course, said yes. And, uh, Amazing. And so, yeah, I said, Look, great, we'll put it up in the App Store. And you guys shared. And so literally, you know, that we were off to the races. So we hit our sort of my projection for the number of installs for the you know, for the six months, essentially, happened in the first six days. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Podanovich. I'm a senior user experience strategist and designer helping really smart people slay tough business problems with simple and elegant design based in Culver City. Yeah, so it's it's a great question. And what I really like about being a UX designer is it's never the same day twice. Depending on where I come in on a project, you know, things can be very different. Let's suppose that I'm engaged at the very kind of early formative stage of a design initiative. A lot of what I do is out of the computer for a long time, for a surprisingly long time. Most of the work that I do is with Sharpies, is with sticky notes, is with whiteboards. And I really like that. Yeah, and I really (laughs) like that tactile, tangible world of of problem solving. Mostly because I'm invariably in a room with really smart people who have either a business problem that they're trying to solve or a design problem that they're trying to solve. And we're kind of at this abstract moment where we're trying to really wrangle that problem and really kind of frame it and contextualize it and, and, and put a name to it and start to define some like boundaries around it. And that's before we even figure out like, okay, now how are we going to break this thing down into smaller little problems and start to solve those problems? And so for me, the, the, the process of, of UX design is really this journey from the abstract to the concrete. And when it's at its best, it's highly collaborative and it's incredibly participatory and it's a lot of listening to people and sort of sounding back to people what you've heard and what you think the things that you heard mean. There's this interesting part where you know, we talk to, interview project stakeholders, we interview end users. But then we kind of observe people in the wild very objectively, just kind of fly on the wall. And often there's this kind of discrepancy between what people say and what they actually do. So we have to spend a lot of time figuring 
out what that's all about. Then there's kind of a, a, another phase that's very architectural, and it's very much about thinking about this enclosed system, thinking about how end users are going to move from one end of a system to another. Usually it's you know in the service of accomplishing some kind of task that they want to accomplish. But really starting to map out those systems and really starting to think about like how is it going to be structured? What does the architecture look like? How do we catch people when they fall, right? Like how do we right. catch people when they make errors? How do we help them undo errors? Then we really get into the, the thing that I think most people think about when they think about UX design, which is like the wireframes and the prototypes right. and creating the interface design. That's Do you have so a favorite usually, wireframing tool? Ordinarily, I would say sketch, like hands down sketch. But I've been teaching a, a course, an online course for Parsons called the Fundamentals of Interaction Design. And one of the downfalls of sketch is that it is a Mac only application. So I had some students in this class that didn't have, they, they were on Windows computers and we had to figure out another tool. And so I've been using Figma, which is kind of a web based What is yes. that? Yeah. Oh man, it's so good. So it's, it's like a web based version of sketch but you can use it in your web browser or you can download a a Mac version or a Windows version of it. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Anna Freebay. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.